banking, man. If you get a loan from a bank, bro, they're going to take you about 20, 30 years to pay back. But if you rob the bank, you only get like 10 years. Come on, man. Follow me for more financial advice. Major. Welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. And live from Stanford's Food Hall. I don't know what it's called. I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Doyen, what's going on? I don't even have to ask. <laughs> I am excited that uh, I have very much mixed feelings. So this is the last season of Insecure. And I already see from the first episode that um, Issa Ray doesn't give a fuck about my feelings. And this is just going to be a hard-ass season. But I'm excited that it's back. <laughs> I know, right? Me too. <laughs> Otherwise, what am I doing with my life? Um, well, what are you I drinking? Oh, yeah. We can start there. I'm just drinking Makers and Sprite. Because, you know, why not? We could say that I'm going low-calorie. But it's not even that. It's just Makers and a splash of Sprite. <laughs> um... Oh, last week I went to Mississippi, my hometown in Mississippi, and I said goodbye to my childhood home. So I was fine. Like, I was fine the whole time. Um, My mom had gotten rid of most of the chairs. I had to sit on, like, uncomfortable, like, dining chairs (laughs) because she just got rid of all the furniture. And so I stopped to go to the bathroom on my way out, and I was like, oh, I forgot my purse. Let me go look at other stuff. I got to, like, my sort of when I was older bedroom, and I was like, I can't do this. I just, <laughs> the emotions. But um, there was this picture of a poodle at her nightstand getting ready, and I'm pretty sure that poodle picture is about the same age as I am. So I was like, Mom, I'm taking this. <laughs> like, I was like, Mom, I think it was back when we were on Warrior Drive. She's like, yeah. So... I was like, Mom, I'm taking this. So I just put it in our my bathroom today. So I'm happy that I'm going to be, you know, back in the day before we had cell phones, you know, you had to entertain yourself with stuff. So I made up right. stories of that poodle getting ready. <laughs> so I, I did the same thing. That. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I have it now in my bathroom so I can look at her and just, you know, think about what she, what she about to do, what her hot girl slumber looking like. So... That that was great. I went to Strange Brew twice. Um, Petty's was closed, and I was sad because I was like, I wanted some pan trout. (laughs) Um, Were they just closed, or were they closed for good? I heard they were closed for good. That's what I heard, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, that made me sad. But, of course, I always had my mugshots burger because it's in my constitution to eat a mugshots burger and of course yeah those are the things that I ate when I was in Mississippi (laughs) (laughs) I also because we left sometime mid-morning I was able to get my chicken on a stick from Louisville the gas station in Louisville yeah (laughs) that made me happy that I stopped in Jackson and got some beignets because one of the Shipley's is just a godsend and they make fresh beignets so I um need to work out (laughs) listen y'all do not know southern delicacy okay Mm -hmm. until you have gone to the gas station and gotten you 
a chicken on a stick. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I have risked my life skipping <laughs> school, going to the gas station because there's a gas station up the street from my high school that had the best chicken on a stick. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> and then I got shout like, out the Fowlers. <laughs> they were like. What sauce do you want? I'm like, honey mustard, because I knew honey, honey mustard. mustard would be right compared yeah. to Texas honey mustard, which tastes like mustard. And I'm like, who does that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I was pleased. I bought two. I think I ate most of both of them because I was like, I need to because I don't know when the next time I'm going to be back. And yes. I was excited. So mm-hmm. now you got me going down memory lane. Yeah. So I was all fat and happy. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that clip. So did your mom come back with you? No. So she's going to stay because she's still working to like maybe December. And then we'll figure out where she's going to be past then. So. Okay. You said we, and I just thought maybe she came back with you, but you met one of your sisters. Yeah. My sister and I went. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Fun. So you had a good little trip. Well, I am drinking an Irish mule, (laughs) which is just a little Irish whiskey, ginger beer, and a splash of lime. Mm -hmm. And it is delish. Yes, I don't I, know if that's the real recipe for an Irish meal, but that's, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm going sure to yeah. call it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. By the way, <laughs> funny thing I found out in Mississippi, Evan Williams makes this small batch whiskey and it mm-hmm. is so good. Like, <laughs> I like because usually I don't re- drink regular Evan Williams because it's just it's mad in taste. But the yeah. small batch is actually pretty good. Yeah, the small batch is good. Um, I've um, I haven't bought any. Somebody had some. Mm-hmm. So this guy had some, and I tried. I've actually, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen it in the store, but yeah. this guy had some before, and it was really good. It was that gas station off of South Montgomery. <laughs> Like the gas station liquor store. It's like off of 12 in South Montgomery. Anyways, that's where I got it. <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking yeah. about. It's not our favorite. So. We don't always go there, but it's like sometimes yeah. it's yeah. just there on the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to think for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's actually the one I used to go to all the time when I was an undergrad because I used to go in there with my roommates Uh and my roommates were all 21. I wasn't, Mm. but because they were used to seeing me come in there with them, they never carded me when I would come in alone. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I always went to that one. (laughs) Yeah. I never got carded until I actually turned 21. Then I got carded all the time. I knew not to do that because my face is... It tells on me all the time. Yeah, you do but, have a baby um, face. <laughs> yeah, and then Porky's. Porky's had a stronghold in my life. That's where I went. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so this weekend, um, I too did mother-daughter things. <laughs> hung out with my mom. And we're going to hang out again this upcoming weekend because we just didn't get enough of each other. What? So, <laughs> two hangouts? I see two you. hangouts. Well, <laughs> so really the deal is... I thought she, I thought we were just hanging out th- 
this weekend. Like, I thought that's all she wanted to do was hang out. Mm. Like, order a pizza or something, but just hang out. Like, mm. no, girl. She wanted me to cook a whole meal. <laughs> so I, I didn't have groceries. Like, I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> so she's going to come back over Saturday, and I'm going to cook. <laughs> for a make-out hangout. I see. Yeah. So we just, we just hung out and, like, watched. Um, So the last time we hung out, well, the last time we hung out, just the two of us, I had her watch Homecoming. So this time I had her watch Lemonade because she had never watched mm-hmm. Lemonade. Yes. I'm going to make a Beyonce fan out of her for us mm-hmm. all over with. The beyonce fying of mom. I get it. She was like, oh, my God, she really is talented. I was like, yes, mama. Yes, she is. <laughs> she was like, how does she put all this together? I don't know, mama. That's why she Beyonce. So, yeah. She's so... breastfeeding <laughs> twins, eating apples. <laughs> <laughs> and she is hungry. <laughs> this is why I fight people when they're like, Beyonce and all that. I'm like, where? <laughs> how? <laughs> Anyways, don't get me started on that. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so we had fun this weekend, just kind of hanging out and um, eating takeout. And then she's coming back Saturday because she demands that I cook. So I'm cooking Saturday. That's fair. My mom um, has discovered Nigerian movies on YouTube. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Which I'm like, Why mother. are you running? Why are you running? It's my I'm like, I have higher standards, mother. If it's not on Netflix or Amazon, I don't want it. But um, we did watch a couple. It is so funny because I was telling her, and she knows too, like, people will post a movie seven months ago and then they'll change the title to Just Drop Today. You have to watch. <laughs> yeah. So. This is what my mom is into now is watching Nigerian movies on YouTube. <laughs> she is going to have to join us for a movie night. <laughs> it's going to have to be when you pick a good Bali movie. Okay. By the way, this Thursday, we have to watch Hocus Pocus. That's all. <laughs> Isn't it my turn? I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I want a divorce. I want a divorce. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're going to move along to our current events. <laughs> um, so, Kellogg is facing a $5 million lawsuit for not having enough strawberries in their Pop-Tarts. To which I say, why are you putting Pop-Tarts in your body? But apparently, that's not a meaningful question here. But basically... Uh, yeah, they said that it is misleading customers by promoting the strawberry filling and its labels and marketing, giving the impression that the fruit filling contains a greater relative and absolute amount of strawberries than it does. I have to say, I'm having a hard time as a millennial. I don't eat most of this stuff, but like strawberry pops tarts don't have strawberries in it. Tuna subs don't have tuna in it. Like, <laughs> what is real? <laughs> Up is down, east is west. Right. I just this is too much. Like, I in my lifetime, we've had a whole terrorist attack, a recession, a panorama, no strawberries in our pop tarts. Even though I don't eat pop tarts, <laughs> it's just, just a lot. I'm having a millennial breakdown moment. It's okay. <laughs> But they about to uh, 
have to pay. And the lawsuit said, not. <laughs> the lawsuit said, if Harris had known the truth, she would not have bought the Pop Tarts. To which I say, why are we buying Pop Tarts? Anyways, <laughs> I think truly, I mean, when I stopped eating, it was no, not when I was diabetic. When I first got diabetic, but I don't know. After a while, it's just like I only like the outsides. <laughs> I have never eaten a Pop-Tart in my life. I couldn't begin to tell you what they taste like or (laughs) anything like that. But I'm not anti-Pop-Tart. If that's what you like, that's what you like. Yeah. But also, girl, um, the ingredients are on the box. Like, they are on the box. I mean, I am on her side. Let mm -hmm. me just say that. Because I am always on the side of the people. Mm -hmm. Also, um... Again, my favorite podcast is Poor Life Decision. However, if you ever want to listen to something else, Behind the Bastards has an episode on Kellogg. And let me tell you something. Yeah. I listened to their Nestle episode. I, I had moved past the Nestle fiasco it's, it's, emotionally. And I got it's gonna mad be hard. all over again. It's going to be hard. But the good news is the the... Kellogg brother who ended up keeping the company is not the one who was the bastard. So that helps a little bit. Yeah. Like that helps a little bit. I but just... not a lot. <laughs> what Bob was saying, to be woke in America is just to be angry mm. all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. <sighs> so in other truly tragic news, <laughs> get it? Truly tragic? anyways millions of cases of truly hard seltzer is going to be destroyed as the hard seltzer boom fades um i think it's tied with people having to go back to work because you know what was good in the afternoon (sighs) why you work remote truly (laughs) but um they made a massive bet and it has come crashing down uh because they wanted to be fresh they can't keep it for too long, so they're just having to toss their trulies out. Which is so wasteful. Yeah. And, like, companies do that. Like, and even when they were asked about it, he was like, well, we just want to sell a fresh product. No, sir. We're asking you, instead of just dumping it, why don't you just either sell it at cost? I mean, that... He would rather throw it away. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And there's so many poor college students. <laughs> listen, I I used to work um for a com- for a place. Let's call it Smicknoria Vicret. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to work in the beauty store, and. All of the lotions, perfumes, body sprays, makeup, all that stuff, it had to be three quarters of the way full. Once it drops below three quarters of the way full, these are for the testers, Mm -hmm. you have to dump it and you have to damage it out, which means you have to break the top off and dump it. Like there were so many women shelters children like there were so many places ways you could get rid of this stuff me other than <laughs> throwing it away <laughs> like it was just it was so wasteful it was just so wasteful and i and to hear him say 
oh, we just want to sell a fresh product. Mm-hmm. Sir, you would rather throw it down. He would rather throw it down the drain than give it away. Yeah. Mm. But also, there's this video at the bottom of the article that they keep showing me Kraft Mac and Cheese. And um, I think I want some. Anyways, <laughs> that's all. It's not a everyday thing, but sometimes I'm like, I need to go back to my roots and just eat some orange mac and cheese. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> um, I like to tell y'all regularly on this podcast that my friends are just not doing it for me. They're not doing enough holding their end of the bargain when it comes to gifting me for my presence of joy and delight that I have in their life. So, <laughs> Young Thug gifted Drake this diamond OVO chain featuring the photo of his son for his 35th birthday. That's all. That's all I had there. <laughs> like, I was just excited. Like, this, this looked expensive and it looks like his friends love him unlike me. Where my friends have not bought me expensive chains. <laughs> I mean, but also... Drake has also bought his friends very expensive gifts for just completing their albums. Excuse me, I can't hear you. Your, your, oh. your audio cut out. Oh, sorry. No, you don't have to repeat it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's fair. If you want to learn from anyone, you should learn from your sister, my line sister. And all I'm saying is she bought us gifts on her birthday. And that's all I'm saying. And ever since then, (laughs) ever since then, I've been like, everybody else, you need to get it together. (laughs) You need to get it together. (laughs) I put everyone on notice from that point on. (laughs) You need to get it together. (laughs) Girl, this birthday, she's like, hey, y'all, if you want to give me something, I want this poncho. So looked at the poncho and I was like, this $200 ass poncho. And then closer to her birthday, I'm like, okay, let me go buy it. And it was actually $180 because I had like, you know, done my black math and like rounded up. I was like, oh, this is a deal. <laughs> see? See? And she deserves it. Yeah, she does deserve the pacha. She is a great gifter, so. She really she is. She is. Very thoughtful. Um, the Drake of our gifting life. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That was a very thoughtful gift um, that Young Thug gave him mm-hmm. with a picture of his son in it. And I mean, Doyen's taking applications, I guess. I guess she can fire the rest of us. <laughs> Chris actually does buy great gifts. The other day, my feet were really cold, and I wore the socks that she gave me. Because they're fuzzy socks. I don't really like wearing socks for warmth, like regular socks for warmth. So fuzzy socks are really important to me. Anyways, mm. long me being a weird thing. So um, Barbados gave Queen Elizabeth the boot, and I'm like, yes. But mm-hmm. um, what's even more exciting about that is they elected a black woman president. Amen. Oh, um, so her is Bajan leader. I don't know how, if that's the right way to say the group. But anyways, her name is Sandra Mason. Mason and she was elected to be the first president on Wednesday. Um, and uh, they required, even though the government voted her in with the House and the Senate. They voted her in with the convincing two-thirds vote. 
So I am excited uh, to see a white woman lose her job to a black woman. <laughs> uh, the Barbadians did one, a Barbadian head of state. And this is an ultimate statement of confidence in who they are and what they're capable of achieving. And I am just super excited to see how things go. Um, and they are trying to move towards becoming a republic. And this is going to be the next logical step towards sovereignty. Um, and it's going to be great until Rihanna can be president. <laughs> and a win for Rihanna's homeland is a yes. win for us all. Yeah. And it's really cool because she did start off as a secondary school teacher. And, you know, we love the teachers because they dealt with our crazy asses with hormones. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but she became the first woman admitted to the bar to practice law in 1975. Come she on now. serves as a governor general. And she's going to hold that until she's sworn in to lead the country next month. And I hope that they stream that shit because I'm going to be like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes come on pawn the replay <laughs> yes president queen <laughs> right. all right so um next up again a lot of black girl magic and just warm fuzzies um chris have you seen queens yet um no i am i, I don't really intend on watching it i get it i i <laughs> had heard of it and then when I read this article, I was like, oh, let me go support these women. So it says, fellow moms, Brandy and Naturi supported her through pregnancy on the set of Queens. And so the way the show Queens was, was like, basically, these women were like a rap pop group, you know, hot in the 99s and the 2000s. And so they're coming back after living their lives in different ways to try to rebuild their careers and do their things. So, of course, it has very core women struggles. One of my favorite is that Notori is like a married to a pastor. Her dad was a pastor. Real churchy. She's a lesbian. And so... Love her, it. Love it. You know, love her it. being like, okay, y'all, that was cute. But no, I, I'm in love with the women. Was my favorite. Um, also... Eve was going through a situation with her husband where she like had five kids, kind of lost her identity with being a mom. He wasn't shit. And so now she's like, I'm reclaiming my moment. So I love it. Um, it's a lot of just empowering women things. But while they were working on uh, filming the show, uh, Eve announced that her and her husband Maximilian, which just sounds like many like chef's kisses. I'm so proud of you. Um, are expecting their first child, and so I, they had issues, and she was very open about the struggle to conceive. And so when she uh, was flying back out to work on recording the show, that's when she found out that she was pregnant. And so Brandy mm -hmm. and Natori were really supportive for her. Um. And, like, just especially when you've had a hard time conceiving and wanting to be hopeful, but it's scary. And she lives in England with her husband, so flying across the pond for all that shit. And, <laughs> you know, they were just really helpful. And, like I said, I love us and I love how we're able to support each other 
from just a really pure place. So definitely Tori and Brandy were kind of talking about like their difficulties about being pregnant when filming and things like that. So I did see um, Eve's picture that she posted with her and her husband's hand on her belly. And it was really cute. Mm-hmm. She's I... got a cute little bump. Well, it's a big bump, but it's cute. <laughs> I, I'm really happy for her, and I'm glad that um, they found, you know, I don't know what the word I was looking for, but basically they they were able to bond within this moment in the show. So, yeah. lastly, I cannot leave y'all without talking about a Florida person. And this time around, Florida man did not do anything super crazy because, sure I, you know, I like to lift y'all up sometimes. I'm going to drop mm-hmm. y'all later, but I like to mm-hmm. lift y'all up. So, mm-hmm. this Florida man, um, I'm sure you heard, especially on conservative news, where they talk about how they can't hire people for jobs and um, it's because of unemployment and blah, 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 blah bullshit. So, this Florida man decided to go on an experiment in his, like, kind of area. And so, he, especially where he was seeing, like, people on Facebook, they were like, we can't, we have a labor shortage, we can't hire anybody. He applied to 60 entry-level jobs just to see how, um, you know, what happens. And, of course, he found the truth was more complicated. So there is a discrepancy between the rhetoric of employers and facts on the ground. So there were a lot of people who did not answer him whatsoever. He only got one in-person interview from the 60 businesses claiming on social media that they are understaffed. And during that interview, the owner tried to walk back to pay a $10 an hour. And so it was like, oh, we're doing you know, minimum wage until X amount of time and stuff like that. So, um, of course, you know, he did all of this and was like, hey, they're saying they need help, but they can't be that desperate because they're not even answering. And so, (laughs) um, you know, he only had one interview and he had 58 applications and he's like, y'all aren't desperate for workers. You're you just miss your, I don't like the word he used, underpaid individuals. I'll use that one instead. Um, And really? So yes, we love this Florida man for doing what I like to call boots on the ground research. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, some people you have to make believers out of them. Mm-hmm. But it really wasn't necessary because... You know, there was the rhetoric going around. Oh, people don't want to work because they rather get unemployment. They're getting more out of unemployment. If they're getting more from unemployment than going to work, then baby, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the problem. Yes. Enough said. Like, I, I don't think that's the problem. I, I, I don't think that's the yeah. problem. Or yeah. actually, reverse. The problem is, I think, and... You clearly would like for me not to. <laughs> no, that's because, not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, that is the problem. That is, yeah. listen, when we talk about, I am so tired. I am so tired. And the words of Nene Lee, I am so, so, so tired. Yeah. Of y'all talking about who got who in a chokehold and all that. 
mm-hmm. but capitalism got y'all in a chokehold like a motherfucker. God damn. <laughs> oh my God. People deserve a living wage. Yeah. And if you cannot pay your employees a living wage, you don't deserve to have employees. Right. End of sentence. Full hard stop. Yes. Let That's me sip my drink. Our next podcast logo. <laughs> our next podcast like catchphrase is if you can't afford people to pay people a living wage, you can't afford a business. Anyways. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, like it's just it's frustrating because a lot of people who like to repeat these rhetoric don't know business owners. They just saw it on Facebook once or they saw it on Fox News and they don't know business owners. They don't know people who are searching for jobs, people who are unemployed. But all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, all these unemployed. Like, unemployment does not pay that much. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if you have real bills. Like, it does not pay that much. Where somebody would be like, oh, I'm going to skip working. And and like I said, if unemployment is paying someone more than their actual job, that's a problem. Yeah. That is a problem. And they just recently did this study. Um, I just saw it on my timeline. If it wasn't today, maybe yesterday. Showing how the majority of people who are employed yet still receive benefits are coming from McDonald's and Walmart. Mm-hmm. So... Walmart is a corporation. I don't know how, I don't know how employees, I really don't know how that works at McDonald's. Like Mm -hmm. if the majority of people are part-time or full-time, I really don't know how that works. But I think at Walmart, I assume there's room for more people to be Mm full-time. Walmart pays nothing. Okay. But you're talking about a corporation that takes down billions, Mm -hmm. but you can't pay your employees they're getting SNAP benefits. They're getting government benefits because you can't pay them. Mm-hmm. Because God forbid this year you make $2 billion instead of $3 billion. Come on. Like, and if, you, if you've ever been at Walmart at 930, you know they're not paying. Like, it's all self-checkout. Yeah. There's like one, person. one cashier. It's one person there. Mm-hmm. All them lines in one person. Right. Alrighty. So we're going to move along to our someone something, which is going to be more uplifting than this bullshit. (laughs) Uh, Well, can we take a break first? Oh, yes. Sorry. (laughs) Let's take a break and breathe. That's what I've heard that I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) Alrighty. So we're going to move along to our someone something. All right. So I saw this video on Instagram and then I saw an article about it and I was just like, this is really cute and I love it. So there's a school in Shreveport uh, that was just dealing with a lot of violence and I don't know, these kids after not being in school for a year and a half have just been on next level. Like, I don't know. But um, they've been fighting a lot. So um, a group of about, I believe, 40 dads decided to form Dads on Duty. And this group is dedicated to curbing violence in school 
by just being present and showing love to the kids. And so they take shifts, they dap the kids in the morning, and they really do help maintain a positive environment. Sometimes the dads will be like, your shoes under t- untied. And the kids look down and they have ah, you lit. But it really does like lift up these kids and they feel a lot better about being at school and doing what they do. Um, once the dads were a part of that, I believe their fights went down to zero, which is amazing. Um, yeah. And kids, a lot of kids felt safe, um, even if it wasn't their dad. Just having that presence is super helpful. I know a lot of times in schools, it's very woman-led. <laughs> and so having, like, evening that out and having a lot of, you know, this male influence seems to be helping with um, that school. And I was just, ri- the dads are so cute and they have shirts and they crack me up. And I was like, oh, I love this video. <laughs> It was good to see the dads there. Um, yeah. School to prison pipeline is a thing and it is Mm -hmm. fostered by SRO officers Mm -hmm. calling the police to the school all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, they were constantly calling the police. I think it was like, I, well, I don't know because I don't remember exactly how many fights they were having, but they were calling the police every day. Yeah. And then when the fathers came, that's when everything ceased because it helps to have someone you know and who knows you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I just thought it was super cute. And like I said, well, my boyfriend works in education and I've heard the stories in especially TikTok. TikTok is ruining teachers' lives. <laughs> but, you know, like, I get there's just a lot happening at once, and it can be overwhelming. But just seeing, like, these dads be able to help to some extent to calm the presence of these kids was really great. It's a really good example in real life of what people mean when they say defund the police. This is mm-hmm. a really good real world example of what that looks like yeah so yeah question so do these sros do they know the kids i mean they know them because they work there gotcha so they don't have relationships you know Um, some of them some of them some of them probably take the time to develop relationships with Mm -hmm. the kids because they work there Gotcha. Some of them take a lot of pride. I mean, most of them that I know think that they are doing a good job. Most of them that I know try to develop relationships with the kids. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, police do not belong inside of schools. Yeah, I can see that. I, it's just, I tell people all the time, like the kids, their brains are not fully formed and we should not give them permanent results for like temporary decisions. But <laughs> that's another story for another day. Alrighty, so we are going to move along to our poor life decision. Okay, so um, this is a special treat for us this week uh, and this month. So October is ADHD Awareness Month, and we had a super cool follower 
And now a friend named Tran, who was like, hey, I want to talk about ADHD and Black women. I'm like, hey, I'm probably ADHD. Let's do this. So <laughs> welcome, Torian. Uh, really quick, I would love for you to introduce yourself. But also, please let us know what you're drinking today for the podcast. Awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, my name is Torian Timms, uh, educator by day and just trying to slay shame and let people know about ADHD uh, by 20, by the rest of the time. Okay. Let's um, give Torian a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> we like to well, give our guests a warm welcome. So special <laughs> for audience. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So I was like, I got to pull out, you know what I'm saying? I'm on poor life decision. Okay. Y'all come with a fancy cocktail. So I said, let me see what I can do <laughs> without spending our money. What's already in the cabinet. So um, I'm going to officially name this drink uh, peace be still, but what it really is, <laughs> what it really is, is a lavender martini. Um, I was feeling really fancy one day and I bought some lavender syrup. And so that was a little vodka, a little lemon juice. So we love a lavender drink. <laughs> We love yes. it. It's called Peace Be Still. You know, we love it. Just drop Whatever. your location. I'll be by shortly after this. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and will. I will shake one up for you too. All right. Well, it, I slowed down because I had wine in my mouth. But anyways, okay. So we would love to know more about your journey to being diagnosed with ADHD. For what you've told me, it wasn't very linear, but that's how... Basically, anything works in the medical environment. So tell us more about your diagnosis. Right. So I think the best entry point for me to tell the shorthand version of me actually gaining a diagnosis um, starts in the, at the end of 2019. I moved in with my mother, um, you know, millennial trying to save some money, think I want a house. It's expensive. There's a housing crisis going on in Dallas. That's a whole nother conversation. So I'm like, can I save a little money moving with mom? And so it gets my better judgment. I do it anyway. And so overall, my stay there was okay. But one particular day we were having a, I'm not a confrontational person. So it wasn't like we were having an argument, but it was like that energy, you know, that passive aggressiveness in the home. And so one day she was like, looked at me and she goes, you know, you haven't changed. And I'm like offended because at this point I have just got my master's degree. Like I've worked myself up this educational corporate ladder. You know, I'm an administrator. You know, I'm like, what do you mean I haven't changed? I'm amazing. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing it. And then I kind of have like that Raven Baxter looking back kind of like it hit me really hard. Like, you know, insert Raven Baxter. And I was like, you know what? This is what she, I said. Well, what do you mean when you said that? She was like, uh, well, you know, your space is just always so messy your car is messy and I just you know like, I just remember you being like that when you were like a nine-year-old little girl and I cried y'all I ain't gonna lie I cried like she didn't know I cried but I went in my room and I had a moment of like why am I doing these things because when I had to really reflect I was like you have been having these same kind of like reoccurring themes in your life since you were nine why so I didn't have an answer nor did I get on my like google or anything and try to look up why am I still like but I knew I had been entertaining the idea of getting a therapist. I said, well, I will start there. We're in the middle of COVID-19 COVID at this point. It ain't, you know, the world was shut down. So I was like, well, let me see if I can find a therapist. And then lo and behold, most therapists were doing telehealth appointments, which if you never heard of telehealth, that's like virtual appointments. So you ain't even got to go to the office. So that's good for me. 
because I tend to run late. So I'm like, which I'm working on that. But I know myself. I didn't want to make the commitment. That was probably what hindered me from going to therapy prior to this time. But the fact that COVID-19 really, like really 2020 allowed me to slow down. I was able to show up to these appointments every week. And through those appointments, um, she was doing a lot of assessments. So I never did go in with ADHD on the tip of my tongue. I never came in saying, hey, I think I have ADHD. And some people's story is that way, but mine wasn't. I just knew that when I went to my therapist, my words were literally, I think on paper, I look really cool. You know, I'm like, on paper, I'm awesome. I said, but in my real life, I'm a hot mess. That's exactly what I told her. I said, so I just don't know. I said, something's wrong. I said, internally, I just don't feel, you know, I knew I felt down. You can call it depression, but I, you know, we have a hard time defining depression. So I didn't know if I was depressed, but I knew my space was always messy. I'm always like, I just felt like I was always overwhelmed. Like I never felt at peace internally, externally, everything. And so I just didn't know why I was that way, but yet I had learned to perform school so well. And I have to say it that way. You learn to play school and I was good at that. So nobody, girl is smart. You know what I'm saying? We never had a problem there, but I couldn't figure out like the rest of my life. So, um, with that being said, we had some assessments, we had our sessions, and then one day she goes, well, I'm thinking that ADHD might be an option. And so I was like, okay. So she said it kind of in an unsure tone. So I was like, well, it's probably not ADHD and da 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 And I kind of started rambling again. And she was like, no, Torian, I'm telling you, you have ADHD. She goes, I'm diagnosing you with ADHD and mild depression. And so I was like, okay. So what is that? You know, I didn't know what that meant. Right. So quick segue, <laughs> I, I saw a therapist in college, like one time, and that's the thing about the medical industry is like, it's so, mm, when we talk about accessibility, it's, just, it's not just the fact that can you sit down with a therapist, it's that even when you get there, it's not a welcoming space. It's not like a, hey, I'm here to help you. They're not really your friends for the journey. They're really just crossing off appointments. So I did talk to somebody. Uh, I still remember the guy, his elderly. I want to say he's, he's Hispanic because his last name was Hispanic. Um, and I remember he gave me an Adderall prescription, but did not tell me who, what, when, where, or why. And so I had that one in college that I stretched out literally, and I'm not trying to be funny, but like for like two and a half years, I had the same Adderall prescription that I would take sometimes, like if I had a final... Or if I knew, so I kind of knew what Adderall was about, but I didn't know why I had it. I just knew he gave me the script and I picked it up. So my actual diagnosis at 32 was with this therapist who was black, who was a little bit more patient with me and kind of like helped me break things down a little bit better. So um, that's kind of where the diagnosis came from. And then, you know, let me know if you guys want to get into the, some of the symptoms I was having or some of the traits you know outside of being uh tending to be late uh tending to have a messy space I also would lose interest in I would gain these really dope creative ideas like um I literally have probably went through a million like a million dollar ideas like probably on a <laughs> weekly basis but I couldn't I was never I can't say couldn't I, I was not seeing them through like I would start them and I would go so hard. So when you like, if you tend to lock in for something, lock into something for like 72 hours to maybe a week at a time and it's all you care about, it's called hyper-focus. So it's what we call a little superpower. So I would hyper-focus on these things and I have hyper-focused myself into skill sets. I hyper-focused myself into be a graphic designer. My friend needed a logo one day and I was like, 
I'm not doing anything. I'll learn how to do it. And I literally <laughs> learned how to do. And then from there, I learned how to do graphic design. So there are good and bad traits. Very creative. Um, I tend to pick up on things really quickly. Um, disorganized, yes. Prone to running late. Losing stuff all the time. Keys, never knew where they were. <laughs> And to this day, I don't even know if I still keep up with my keys or I got a car that had pushed to start and I don't really got to have them in my hand. So they're somewhere. Shout out to whoever invented push to start. Like I, I need to buy you coffee for real, for real. That is um, real. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't really know where the keys are. I just know that the car starts and we can go to work. And, and that's that. That is real. Um, yeah. uh, financial issues. Nobody really talks about that. So um, impulsivity. So I, I ran into issues with my credit. Because you bought something last month. I know you didn't need it, nor was it on your, but you impulsively bought it with that credit card and mm-hmm. then you have to go pay it. And, you know, so like being financially savvy, it takes a system to do that. And I didn't really have that type of system. So just the way I moved in general was not conducive to being an adult, <laughs> a neurotypical adult. Yes. So I kind of will stop it there. I'll put a period there and then we can, I'll dive into some more of the questions. Yes. Okay, so thank you for telling my whole life. I am now bald. Doyle, I was going to ask you, do you feel seen? Because I feel I feel seen. I feel attacked. My toes have been stepped on. My friends. That's why I'm here. I'm here for this. All of this. But thank you. This has been poor life decision. We're going to talk later. That's it. We're all going to therapy now. Toodles. All of that is so important. And I'm so glad you brought up the financial part because I have been formally diagnosed as well, but I didn't even think about the financial part and nobody even talked to me about that part until you just mm-hmm. said it. And doing kids, I mean, I, I buy myself happiness all the time. If I yeah. had a really bad day, it's like, Oh, I need to go buy me some happiness. Are we today. swiping? We yeah. going to swipe I'm, today. I'm, I'm going to buy We some can't happiness. afford a depression. <laughs> We cannot afford to. I think that was just, I think and I used to talk about so much like during 45's presidency. Like he is breaking me because I'm having yes. to buy something every day. Every day. Every decision <laughs> he makes, I'm like, I can't. I can't. I can't. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Or I would be at the store. Say I did go in for the one thing, but I all of a sudden, and I'm not talking about your typical Target episode and like, oh, buying all things. I mean, I literally cannot decide to put most of these things back. So I have now where I could have spent $30 on the top. I have now spent 300 to $400 on many things. Exactly. So many tags are in my closet. We don't, y'all, I can't, y'all got to follow me on Instagram for me to really tell the story. It's sad, but I love that I can see myself now. That was the beauty of getting a diagnosis. Like I can just hear all of the collective listeners going, yes. (laughs) Because I know everybody's feeling this. Yes, ever since I first talked to Torian, half the time I catch myself. Like I'll be in a meeting and I trust myself and think that I'm gonna remember everything. Like, girl, I ain't gonna remember that shit. Write it down. (laughs) And like again, that is the beauty of seeing yourself, self-acceptance, like girl. Your brain just doesn't work that way. I mean, before the show started, y'all heard me. I said, where's my pen? Y'all was like, we're not going to write nothing down. I said, no, no, no. I need my <laughs> pen. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> I needed it because I'm like, I know me. So y'all might tell me something. Like, Torn, we just told you that. If so, it, didn't, um, it, didn't get written, it didn't happen. It yeah. never happened. <laughs> it's totally fair. And I understand. So you did talk about how, because I remember as a kid, they were like, hey, kid might have ADHD. And 
I was like, whatever. And like, for the longest time, I was like, I'm not hyper. I'm lazy as hell. I don't do anything. But um, you kind of have talked about how it presents for you, but how would you talk about the hyperactivity when it comes to how that presents for you? Right. So one thing I want to clear up off the rip, especially for listeners, um, and I have to learn this myself, we would hear ADD and then we would hear ADHD. And at one point, ADD was a term. It was attention deficit. And it was speaking to what now ADHD is calling the inattentive type. So quick little nugget, ADHD, attention, hyperactivity, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder. So those are your syllables. And it presents three different ways. So you have hyperactivity, you have inattentive, or you have combined. So one thing I want to quickly clarify is that hyperactivity is always present. It's just not always extroverted. It's not always expressed externally where you can see it so even though I was more of an intent I was more in inattentive even as a child even now I would I would say now I'm combined I was still hyperactive internally so that was the daydreaming um it was doodling while my teacher had a lesson it didn't really mean I wasn't listening but I I'm doing multiple things at one time um when I was younger, and I didn't know this till now, but when I was younger, I would easily cry, like, about anything. So if my parents yelled at me, like, if I was in trouble, I don't even mean, like, a whooping. I just mean, like, girl, why you do that, da, da, da. And I felt like I had let them down. Right. I was break. I would cry. And it would always be like, girl, shut up if I give you something to cry about. I ain't even whoop you. And I'm like, but in my mind, <laughs> you did. So um, that's another that's another thing that comes up is, like, that emotional dysregulation. Um it has a term and it's leaving me right now. Uh, what is that term? It's leaving me right now, y'all. It'll come back to me though. <laughs> but it's basically like rejection. That's what it, rejection sensitivity. That is the term that I was looking for. So when I was young, I don't do it so much now. Well, yes, I do. I don't express it. But as a young girl, I would cry very easily if I felt like I was being rejected in some type of way. Um, but women, girls and women learn very early that we have to comply we have to fit a certain type of mold and if we don't if we're not good little girls or if we're not you know in this certain type of mold we do not fit in and so I think we are really big like girls are really big on collective you know you want to be a part of that crew you want to be a part of so you learn how to internalize pretty much any and everything you're doing they call that masking so I was a masking expert and I and I still am you know I mean I'm not so worried about it now but I learned very early to mask. Like, so I did sports. I did all these things. And so, it, again, externally and the world, I was awesome. People loved me. I was that person. I'm prom queen the whole nine, like coronation queen, all of that. I did those things. But you would come home and my room was like, or tornado hit it. And it was like, so when I was in trouble, I was always in trouble because my space was messy. Like, think about that. I never was in trouble because I was a disrespectful child or that I was getting in trouble or coming in, like none of those things, but that room was messy and that's where we had issues. So the way I presented, I I was definitely more inattentive and most girls tend to be inattentive. We're just more introverted with how we're doing it, but that hyperactivity is always present. It's just, you're not always expressing it. Mm -hmm. Cause we're girls and society says you can't just be jumping off the walls like that, so. (laughs) 
Yeah, two things he said. I was masking before masking was cute. <laughs> this is 1988. And then I wish people understood that if I could crochet while you talk to me, I would pay more attention than me mm-hmm. sitting here trying to look like I'm paying attention to you. <laughs> because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, but it's hard. <laughs> so um okay so how do you you got your diagnosis how did you uh figure out how to treat your adhd and kind of what are some tactics you employ um behaviorally to help you cope with your adhd okay so the first thing i want to say is just as a black woman you don't just because you get a diagnosis doesn't mean that you like you've always had ADHD is what I want to say. You just now yes. know what to name it. And now you, th- that kind of helps guide how you move from there on out. Mm-hmm. So treatment, I'm going to talk from a space of being black and not always having access to healthcare. That's a real thing in our country, whether it's economic, social, whatever, you don't always have access to healthcare. So I want to, I want to kind of let people know if you're feeling, if, if, if these anecdotes that I've shared resonate with you, if you've looked up, if you ran into that one article that just really read you to feel all mm. that, you probably do have it. And I, and I want people to work on getting a diagnosis, but before you have it, I still want you to be aware that this is just who you are and you might need to employ something. So for me, at first, so I, my therapist was a psychologist, so she cannot prescribe me medication, but she was able to diagnose me. So she kind of helped me more from a cognitive behavioral standpoint, uh, systems, routines. She wanted, she, uh, she's the reason I started meditating more. So she's like, I think that'll help you with just some of that brain fog, kind of help you to be a little more mindful, see your day through. Um, at first she would tell me to meditate and I would tell her I was when I was lying. And then eventually I was like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, I meditated. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I Same. did, girl. And after a while, I was like, Twin, maybe you should really try to meditate because she keeps telling you that it would work for you. So I was out with two months, definitely lying to my therapist. And this is why I lied, though. I was masking with some, I was even masking with my therapist because I remember I would miss appointments. I missed like two appointments with her. And I said, well, what? I remember I was like, why do you think I have ADHD? She goes, well, you missed major important appointment appointments. She said, you even missed appointments with, uh, with me. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, so from then on out, I was like, I can't let her down. Rejection sensitivity. So rejection right. sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So I was like, when she asked me, did I meditate? I did not meditate, but I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it worked well. So eventually and I started. always knows. They know. They know. Oh, I lie. lied to my therapist <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. Girl, she's like, but she took my money at the end of the day. So. <laughs> yes, I meditated since. But, um, so my treatment started off with more cognitive behavioral therapy. Then it became, which, uh, which also led to like uh, meditating. Then she suggested that I work out more. Now, yeah, I was a full-blown co- collegiate athlete. I need people to know that. And it seemed like as soon as that structure was taken from my life, I could not get back in the gym. I just, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. So I had to do other things. Like I like cycling. I bought a bicycle. I just couldn't do the classic gym anymore. I will try to get back into it, but I'm still struggling with like working out. But I can tell you when I work out, I do feel more clarity. So there's a correlation there. And so after a while, I was like, I do want medication because I remembered how Adderall made me feel in college. It had been years since I'd taken it, but I'm like, 
Adderall started off with a friend's pill illegally. It is what it is. Illegally, I had an Adderall prescription. So I knew what it could do. Then I had that one random prescription from that one random psychiatrist that my mom sent me to. Uh, I think I had ADHD then, but he didn't tell me. So I was like, I think I need something to help me focus. I wanted something that could kind of really drive when I had to get shit done. Like I need to get some shit done. What do I need to do? So then I went to, mind you, we're still in the middle of COVID-19. Everything shut down and I didn't know where to start. So I actually went through ZocDoc. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of ZocDoc. Started with them, put in my insurance information and so I could find an in-network provider. So they were able to connect me with um, with a medical professional that could prescribe medication. But she didn't immediately, and that's what I'm saying, it's all a journey. Like, so if you're going through this, I need you to stay open to it, but still be there and advocating for yourself and be honest with yourself and your medical professional. Because she started me off with, for full transparency, uh, Wellbutrin. Mm-hmm. I have a background in pharmacy. Again, your girl changes her mind a lot. So I was in pharmacy for a couple of years. So I know medication. So when she said, well, Butrin, I'm like, I'm not depressed. I said, basically, I'm like, I didn't call you for that. <laughs> she was like, well, it's not just for depression. It also is going to help with some of that brain fog. And I was like, okay, Tori, just stay open. So I went ahead and took it. And well, Butrin actually did help, but it helped in the sense of my mood depressive things it helped with my mood it helped with some of the brain fog and I just didn't feel so what was me so that it was good for but I didn't it didn't help me with focusing like I still unfocused I just was now up and moving around and unfocused so I went back to her and said hey um this it did help with this it did not and so she started me off with a very low grade I actually take Adderall um, but there's so many other options out there. There's Concerta, there's Tratera, there's Old School Ritalin. It's all kind of stuff out, out, out there. So you have to find what cocktail works best for you. Yeah. But we started off with a low, very low prescription of Adderall um, that I didn't feel at all. And so we progressively moved it up. So at this point, that's where my I'm at. Um, I have routines. I'm still building routines. But that what helps me the best is a routine and some structure. Out of all medications, yep. out of every routine and structure, then just trying to work out more. So it's just more wellness routines, med, um, meditating, trying to get some type of cardio in a few times a week, uh, eating habits. So I want to clarify something. Eating, what you eat does not cause ADHD. What you watch does not cause ADHD. You not working out does not cause it, but it can exasperate it. It can make it even worse then. So whether I choose to eat a salad or chips, I, I still have ADHD, but right. that salad might support brain function better than the chips do. So <laughs> that for right. clarity. Uh, and then I also take Wellbutrin and Adderall, which I, I, I truly do have ADHD. So I often forget to take those on a daily basis. So <laughs> just fair. I started putting them in my purse because it doesn't cross my mind. So I'm on the highway in traffic and I'm like, Oh, I'm in traffic anyway. Let me so. I, <laughs> my routine is keep your medicine in your purse with a little bottle of water and take it on the road. That's just me. Do what works best for you. Um, but yeah, but the number one thing I think is just solid routines. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I just want to celebrate you uh, advocating for yourself as a patient. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of that. A lot of people do start off with an antidepressant and they're like, I don't like this. This isn't meant for me. And I'm like, nope, just means you need to take another one. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but I, my issue is I 
start taking it. I'm sleeping better, feeling better. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'm healed. And then I stop. And then I go back to anxiety and not sleeping. And then I'm like, oh crap, let me take this medicine. So it's a fun little cycle for me. It's right. really great. Another thing I want to add in is journaling. Yeah. Journaling kind of really helps pinpoint what is going on. So if you can speak to what you're going through, then on paper. Mm-hmm. And so even if you get to your doctor and you get cold feet, read it. What mm-hmm. I'm experiencing is this, 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 and this. So I was able to tell my doctor, my mood feels a little better, but I'm still frazzled. Like I still am not focused and I'm still, you know, I executive functioning. I'm still struggling with executive functioning. Mm-hmm. So she was able to respond to that i don't need a different prescription for depression i need this and so that's where we kind of started with that that's good to know yeah and i'll i'll piggyback off of what doigan said as well that you the way you advocated for yourself and the way that you could go in and say listen okay it helps with this but not this that is so important because I will go in and say, this isn't working and I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and, and and because I, I think, well, I don't know if we all have, but I think Wellbutrin is one that they like to start everybody off on. And so, yeah, take this. <laughs> so I had a Wellbutrin trial too, which I do still have Wellbutrin, but it was for the anxiety. And I was like, this isn't working. And she said, but, but my therapist was like, but it is because I was biting my hands and she was like, your hands have healed. Your hands look so much better. Whereas to me, I was still spiraling. I was still like, you know, so it was helping. But like you said, sometimes it's a cocktail. Like it's not always a one and done. So And and you have to be patient. You have to be patient. patient. Well, Butrin took, because I did my research. I didn't pop nothing without doing some research but well butrin takes 68 months sorry 68 weeks to even show any type of change mm-hmm. so i already knew going in okay girl you're probably not even going to notice anything for two months so be patient with this so give things time and i ha- and i know there's stigma around taking medication but at this point folks especially black people we ain't got no more time to waste. It's a lot of, yeah. it's a lot of mental health disorders just rampant in our community that we just been kind of pushing through and just bear back in it. And like, come on, we got to yeah. stop doing that. We, we know better. We have to do better. I'm a big fan of throwing my money at my problems. So I'm like, hey, okay, I'm like, let's go medication. <laughs> let's try another one. Walgreens <laughs> knows me very well. So I need to, I, that's why, I, you know, I'm going to get a partnership with Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say um when it comes to exercise I recently started cycling and I'm mm-hmm. like I don't like exercise I hate it it's the worst thing in the world however when I'm done cycling I feel good about myself in a way that like I haven't in a very long time to the point where I'm like do I want a peloton is this a thing that I need but again, I'm also thinking through, hey, am I throwing money at my problem or is this a good de- decision for me? But I think it is. It, I'm just happy to find a form of exercise I enjoy. That's all. Right. <laughs> I, I really affirm that. So when you go, because there's going to be that you don't want to go cycling, but it's like, oh, I deserve how I feel. I deserve the happiness I feel after I'm done cycling. Tap into that feeling, not, oh, I got to go to the, I got to go to the gym. It's like, yeah. mindset shift everything has been a mindset shift and just accepting myself this is who you are 
Everybody doesn't have to love it. My mom hates it because she's the opposite. She's very OCD. Everything has to be cleaned. This and a third. And I was like, you're just not like her. And that's okay. It doesn't make you less than. It doesn't make you, you know, it's fine. Like it's, and just for, for clarity, she's my stepmother, but she raised me. That's a whole nother conversation. But so even just on a genetic standpoint, she's not understanding it because ADHD right. is passed down genetically. So she's like, why are you acting like that? And mm-hmm. I had to learn to like, hey, everybody's not going to love it. You're not for everyone. And that is okay. Yeah. But you're still enough. So it had to, I had to do a lot of positive self-talk yeah. through this journey. And my mom is like that as well because we are polar opposites. And my mom is the budget nista, okay? All right? Like she does not play when it comes to a budget. Whereas for me, I'm like, eh, I'm going to delete this app because it keeps telling me I'm spending too much money and I don't need to hear that today. <laughs> right. So like, Nobody needs that. <laughs> Throw it in the bag. You yes. need it. Add to cart. Yeah. Add it to the cart. Yeah. <laughs> and this is going to be probably a whole other podcast conversation, but I know generally in the Black community, cleanliness is like um, a matter of esteem and morality. Cleanliness and like, is next to godliness. Right. Uh, like, it's not in the Bible. Shit, which is not in the Bible. God loves me too. And <laughs> clothing that i haven't folded for two months he loves right. all- <laughs> exactly i'm like i'll keep my eating area clean because i'm not trying to catch cis salmon i'm ever. big on like my bathroom yeah not the counter but like the shower itself and food i can't do and that's the thing like i have been very much so like messy yes nasty no and don't get me wrong if right. you have a roach if you, if you if the, i can't do bugs i hate them they give me anxiety so i make sure that they don't show up but clothes mm-hmm. i'm like right <laughs> okay um, so uh just last question i guess um so a lot of your symptoms probably sound familiar to us so what are your recommendations for us to go get tested and diagnosed and by us i mean me i need to go get a diagnosis <laughs> What am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> Lo- love that question. And because of that question, I mean, that's the main, that's the reason I kind of pivoted when my platform spoke about, because I'm like, I'm not the only one. Um, mm-hmm. So the first things first, I need you to come in with the knowledge that there's a stigma around the term adult ADHD, because when you go to your doctor, they're going to immediately say, no, you don't have ADHD. They would have caught that when you were younger. So mm-hmm. go in already armored up knowing Girls are underdiagnosed, severely underdiagnosed, mm-hmm. like five times less than, than boys. Mm-hmm. Why? Because everything is so internal. So kind of going with that knowledge and knowing that they're going to try to hit you with a one, two, you don't have it. You know, you do. It is what it mm-hmm. is. So going with that knowledge, and I say that because it seems like a lot of primary care physicians don't want to offer that diagnosis. So kind of know you might get hit with that first. My second suggestion is start with a therapist. I did. I think that's the easiest entry point because they're already well-versed in mental health care and they're already, they'll be able to easily assess you. Uh, my next, I have been noticing that there's a lot of online assessment or online uh, one-stop shops, if you will, where they have, they have like um, partnerships where you're working with therapists, doctors, and pharmacies where you can go to one spot. So one place I've been seeing is done. I think they're just done.com. Um, I'll share, maybe y'all can put them in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Done is one, cerebral is one. Um, 
Another person you can talk to if you want, don't want to talk to your primary care physician, talk to your OBGYN. You got to see her once a year anyway. Hey, doc, on top of all of this, I also need to talk about this because they're, 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 they too are doctors. So you can talk to even your OBGYN about what you've been experiencing just as a woman. And even they are probably going to be likely to um, prescribe you with what you need or at least a diagnosis. Um, those are my suggestions. Start with a start with your primary care physician, but kind of know that they're not always well versed in those mental health care issues. That's okay. We're gonna go to the next step. Talk to a therapist, and if not, I really love that I'm seeing these kind of one these online one stop shops. So if you're okay with doing online assessment, online mm -hmm. therapy, and getting your medication shipped right to you, then I've been seeing that, and it's like roughly seventy nine. I think I've seen seventy nine dollars a month. Um, they don't operate in all states yet, but I know they do operate in Texas. So. That's good to know. I did try to tell my therapist once that I thought I had ADHD. And then I guess we were talking about stuff I enjoy. And I told her I read. And she's like, oh, you can't have ADHD and read. And I'm like, um, that's my form of escapism. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm trying to it's escape like, the world. No one anyone was dumb around here. I really think some of the greatest people that have ever existed had ADHD. Like, I yes. really do. They said Albert Einstein. They said Albert Einstein's desk was a, a, a complete mess all the time. And I'm like, yeah, that, that dude probably was, he was constantly going. I'm like, like Kanye, I'm like, Kanye, I'm pretty sure has ADHD. And we know he's a genius. Like, I know we don't all love Kanye, but he is a genius. He is what he is. So I'm like, I, if you run into that, leave them where they lay. Yes. Yes. I'll see yes. you next step. You don't have mm -hmm. to. If you're willing to invest in your, and I and honestly, when I pay for therapy, I went in with the mindset that I'm investing in myself. Mm -hmm. I had invested in my education. I had invested in fly clothes. I had invested in everything, car, all of that. And I was like, well, why not put money into who you are as a woman? Your mental health is just as important as the car you drive or the, you know, I just feel like we're willing to throw money at so many other things, but you all you got. So Leave that doctor right there. Love you, but I'm going to the next step. So just keep going to the next step and and yeah. fight for yourself. Advocate for yourself. Like it's somebody out there. And at the end of the day, that done is done is created for ADHD. So you can mm -hmm. go in then with them and say, "Hey, I think I have it," and they're going to start from there. Now, is um, this D O N E? D O N E. Okay. Um, let me look up there. They keep showing up on my ads, and I keep saying I'm gonna pitch to them. So done. If you listen. <laughs> Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, so done. It's called donefirst.com. Okay. Okay. We'll check them out. And All they right. are they specialize in ADHD. So good place to start. Okay, so we are going to or Chris, did you have any last questions before we move along? Um, no, I just want to thank Torian for like all of her information and like coming with it and just helping us to you know because again you know how you'll know things and it's like you can encourage other people to do it but it's different when it's you and so that's how I am which is why I'm constantly telling people be gentle with yourself be gentle with yourself so it's like thank you for giving us the push because you know need to get on it <laughs> yes Thank you for all, because again, just hearing the things you said normalize a lot of things yeah. that I wasn't willing to accept about myself. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I said, if I don't stand for anything else, uh, more so than just ADHD awareness, it's more so about not living in a state of shame because that's mm-hmm. what I was doing. So when I would talk about, when I would say on paper, I was really awesome. But in my real life, I was in shame all the time. My friends couldn't come over. I wouldn't go nowhere. I would be late. I would be so late that I wouldn't show up. You know what I mean? It was affecting my social life. So I'm about like, let's let go of shame. And we are except with radical self-acceptance. My friends know, hey, I'm going to try my best to be on time, but I, I might be running 20 minutes late. And I still love, you know what I mean? And, and it, I just, they know that like, it, and I accept it. It's okay. So yeah. everything's okay. Um, be gentle with yourself. Very timely. Our previous episode was on radical acceptance. So we're all about getting our, you know, getting our shit together because we love us. Uh, we also had an episode about time blindness, which I like to use for people yes. because really I'm just very optimistic about the amount of time I have and it's not true. But <laughs> uh, for that, go- I have a rule for that. Time, time's three. So I feel like it's only going to take me 15 minutes to do my makeup, which it's not. Nah. It's really going <laughs> to take 45 minutes. So wherever I really think it is, my perception is off. And I accept that about myself now. <laughs> you don't need 30 minutes to get ready. You actually probably need two hours. And I, and it's, But now I'm not late as much because I understand those things. So yeah, <laughs> but multiply everything by three. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. I'll see. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. So we're gonna go to the favorite part of the pod to buy you a drink. So we're going to start with our esteemed guest. Uh, who are you buying a drink for tonight? Um, so I don't know her, so she's not really like special to me, but I absolutely adore her. I want to buy Issa Rae a drink. Okay. <laughs> come through. I don't I, she's always just been my person, just a spirit animal ever since the misadventures of black girl. Yes. It was just so nice to see a black girl embracing her awkwardness, her quirkiness, uh, because that's who I was. And something about Issa Rae's story just really resonates with me because when you really dive into who you are and just lean into it, success has to flow from that because that's who God created you to be. So, um, you know, I'm a big insecure fan and, you know, season, you know, season five, final season, episode one, I thought that came out the gate very well. And, you know, I just, I love Issa. I'm a stand for her and I want to buy her a drink. So how let me Issa. I should have been at the insecure fest, but we'll talk later. <laughs> I am. I like to tell everybody I know. I met her at, uh, what's that thing in Austin? That big- uh, South by Southwest? Yeah, South by Southwest. So I was like, can I take a picture with you? But we're in like a dark room. I didn't want to use flash because I don't like flash because I'm a photographer. But it was just really hard to get a picture of two dark-skinned girls in the dark. So I have a picture. It's good. It's just- <laughs> There's a lot of like embarrassment around me being Saray and trying to take a picture with her, but it's okay. I she probably it. doesn't remember. The I'm moment still living with this. That's right. The moment still happens. <laughs> so, Chris, who are you buying a drink for? Well, um, tonight my drink is going to a what instead of a who. So tonight I am buying a drink for chewing gum. That's right, <laughs> chewing gum. So let me tell you, my anxiety has been on an all-time high. So much so that, like, starting to get those little pains in my chest again. So mm-hmm. I was uh, taking Xanax, but I don't want to because I don't know if you've ever 
taking Xanax, but it's wonderful when you're on it, when you stop taking it, mm. it is not fun. So mm. I I have this thing with my doctor. She knows that it's only for emergencies only. I really don't want to have to take it. I have been chewing a lot of gum when I feel myself like feeling like I'm spiraling or like yesterday was truly a why the hell everybody keep talking to me today kind of day. Like, <laughs> like literally, you just gonna sit here and talk to me? Like, you really gonna sit here and talk to me? You gonna talk to my face? Really? So, gum really helped me make it. And I was like, I am chomping the shit out of this gum, but it is saving your life. So, <laughs> I just want to buy a drink from Good Sis Chewing Gum because it really has helped calm my nerves. Okay. So, <laughs> funny thing is, it calms my nerves, but I don't like chewing gum for a long time so I have like a receipt wrapped up where I just like chew my gum for like a minute and then I spit it out oh I chew it until the flavor goes out and then I get rid of it and get another piece right (laughs) but I'm one of those people who always have gum I always have gum yeah okay so I'm gonna do a who and a what so for buying a drink I do want to buy a drink for Torian yeah, um, <laughs> I am just delighted every time I talk to you. It's just I'm just like, yes, this is. We've me. been internet friends person. for a while now. I'm so happy yeah. that we've been able to connect on a, like a deeper level because yeah. we've been talking, but yeah, now yeah, I was like, how do I make this person a real friend? Like, <laughs> I'm on mad at her. <laughs> and then it turns out we had each other's phone number, and we both. Didn't and we had met, right in like two, 2016 or something yes <laughs> I, I thought that that was super dope I was like oh yeah I remember going to that event look at that <laughs> and then I want to buy a drink for my Houdini wine opener I don't know why I was afraid of an automatic wine opener but I finally got one and it is amazing all I do is press a button and then I really thought you were about to say Houdini, the um, music group. The band. Yes, that's what I thought you were about to say, too. So, Dorian, what you're saying is that you're you're not doing old school wine tools anymore. That's not true anymore? It's weird because I'm afraid of, like, electric can openers. So, I think that's why they do electric wine openers. But my life has changed. I still don't want an electric can opener, though. So you don't have- <laughs> electric wine opener and um i think i wore it out <laughs> I, I know i think i got mine jammed or something so they might be a little christmas gift actually See? you gotta replace it like a vibrator it's okay <laughs> listen you already Just know the batteries out uh-uh girl i got an old school mis- uh, my plug in the wall i'm not doing with no batteries running out come on acdc port i got the old school massager that you plug into the wall i'm not dealing with no batteries failing me in my time of need. i'm not gonna get yes. failed in my time of need <laughs> i pay all my bills i'm drowning in bills, drowning in bills. <laughs> Tell people how they can talk to us. 
Well, first, let's uh, give Torian a real break, quick oh, opportunity yes. to tell people how they can reach out to you. Look, she just got, look, she just, she fell in in line with us right. so well. I forgot she was a guest. Girl, you fan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, thank you, ladies, for allowing me to access your platform. This has been a beautiful conversation. Um, Folks, if you want to learn more about my personal ADHD story, I can be found on Instagram. I think the best place to reach me is on Instagram, which is Torian is all things. Torian, it'll be in the show notes, Mm -hmm. uh, is all things is where you can find me on Instagram. Now on Twitter, my name was too long. So on Twitter, I am the Torian Sims. But if you type in Torian, I'll pop up somewhere. Um, If you're interested in just being a community because you think you might have ADHD or you do have a formal diagnosis, uh, I am creating a community that caters to Black women and women of color. And so you can find that on both Instagram and Facebook at Sisters with ADHD and that's Sisters with a T-A-S. So Sisters with ADHD because um, Ebonics, why not? Uh, And yeah, that's where you can find us, you know, safe space for neurodivergent Black women. We need to be a community. We need to be talking to each other because, you know, we're just different. And it's okay that we're different, but we need to understand that it, that it's okay and that we'll be fine and that there are resources to help us so that we can live a full life and thrive out here. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to go follow Sisters with ADHD as soon as we're done with this conversation. I was trying to focus. But... <laughs> As far as how you can get in touch with this as a podcast, and hopefully I won't keep this British accent for long, but um, <laughs> so we are Instagram is Core Life Decision. It's one decision because we're changing them one at a time. It's also the name of our Etsy page. You can go and buy some cool stuff on there. Go ahead and get a mug that says may contain alcohol for that auntie. She needs it. Mm-hmm. But um also, we are on the Twitter as PLD Pod. I've decided that I like the show Queens and I might tweet that show. <laughs> Chris is watching exciting things like Succession. Like <laughs> <laughs> Succession? Wait, that's on now? Is that the one where they were talking about like an alternate universe where. Wait, what is. Oh, okay. I thought that they were coming out with a show. You mean they like Westworld? show where like they talked about what it looked like when the South seceded and. Oh, no. no, no that's no, not no, this. No. I'm sorry. They, I'm okay. sorry. I was they, like, ended they, up, they ended up not doing that show. It was still. Good. It was going to be HBO. It mm. was. It was D&D Brothers, I think, who were going to do it. The guys from um, Game of Thrones. And the, right. They I ended up. That. They ended up not doing it. I feel like I want to see it. I think I want to see. I think I. I want to see what they came up with. I'm sure we were all going to be upset, but <laughs> I think I, I, I want to see, see how they were going to take that. But. No, uh, Secession is the one uh, with the dad who's old and his children are trying to take over his business. So yeah. <laughs> it's really good. It's back. We just finished um, American Horror Story. Let me tell y'all something. I, I, I caught up last night. I tweeted through it the best I could. This was the worst season ever of American Horror Story. <laughs> Y'all know I love American Horror Story. Y'all know I love Ryan Murphy. I love all things Ryan Murphy. I'm a watch impeachment tonight. But this was the worst season of American Horror Story ever. Like, ever. <laughs> you know, I feel bad because I really did. I, I haven't watched it since Coven. And I was really, I was, I'm just not good at watching TV. I'm just not a, yeah. Well, now let me tell you. <laughs> Coven to me, Coven was the best, and 
I mean, it's going to be hard to find to some other seasons. Yeah, you're not going to top Coven. But there mm-hmm. are some other good seasons. I the like the one. I like the, the insane kids. asylum one. What was that one called? When they were in the asylum. insane asylum. 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 Yeah, I liked that one too. Yeah. And I haven't watched since then. I think life just happened and I just stopped catching up. Yeah. Now, I like when the kids turn into vampires and they had no chill. <laughs> I um, think that was the hotel. On hotel. Season. Yeah. 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 The <laughs> they first had no part chill. Of this season had vampires and it was pretty good. This mm-hmm. season was double feature. First part vampires, second part aliens. The alien part sucked. That's all I'm going to say. It was awful. <laughs> Do better, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> okay. We were and lastly, on you. <laughs> if you do want to leave us a review on the podcast, I have set us up on this great page called Rate My Podcast. So you go to ratemypodcast.com slash core life decision and you can rate us in not one but three places, Apple, iTunes, and something else that has podcast reviews. So um, if you do leave us a review, be sure to send you as a screenshot of your review with your address so you can get a lovely make contain alcohol sticker is really great if i may say so myself <laughs> yes 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 again reminding everyone listen i know y'all are seeing on the news how it's being really difficult to get these shipments out go ahead and start your christmas shopping now mm-hmm. order those cute little make contain alcohol mugs now for your aunties for christmas you know which one needs one might even get your niece a little shirt she need one your nephew might need one. Go ahead and put those orders in now. Also, <laughs> want to reiterate what Doria said. Leave us a review. First of all, you know they make me happy. Second of all, that's the best way to help us. Leave a review. Helps us get seen. Um, And that's really all I have for tonight, other than to remind everyone to drink their water, take your meds, be gentle with yourself. What, do we have anything else, Doria? Yes, take your vitamin D because season affective disorder is nigh. <laughs> I still haven't gotten any. I'm going to get some. I'm going to get some. Okay, get it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we thank y'all for joining us tonight and we love y'all. Bye. Bye. We love y'all. Bye. I go crazy, don't I? I go cuckoo. Dripping brazy, don't I? Ain't that no, no. Hustle 100 straight nights to get a new cool. The messages on Shayla. That's my boo boo. I enjoy loyalty. Uh, cause I'm royalty. Uh, baby sport.